0: welcome to the fish house nation podcast presented by catch cover your home for ice fishing news tips stories and strategies and now your host chris larson welcome to the fish house nation podcast people get into wheelhouse fishing to spend more time with their family and friends and part of that group is our four-legged friends dogs have been part of hunting and fishing culture for thousands of years And honestly, it's just more fun to fish with dogs, but not always safe. Joining us today is one of the top dog trainers in the country. Josh Miller from Riverstone Kennels in New Richmond, Wisconsin, joins the show. Josh, thanks for stopping by.
1: You bet, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Josh, your focus is hunting dogs. We're talking ice fishing today, but what we're really talking about is traveling with dogs. What are some of the concepts that you teach that can be carried over and utilized by ice anglers who want to take their dogs ice fishing?
1: Right. Well, you know, so first you mentioned hunting dogs and, uh, you're know, really the way that we look at the majority of hunting dogs, at least for our clients is that, uh, you know, they're really members of the family first and foremost. You know, we really don't ever see any more, uh, you know, the dogs that are considered you know, hunting tools per se Or they live in an outdoor kennel all year year round and don't interact with the family. It's just not part of our culture anymore. And so as part of this, uh, dogs are doing more such as ice fishing, um, going on trips and traveling. I mean, they really are a a part of the family. And so um, when we travel, uh, safety is our utmost priority. And I think uh, sometimes as a part of, uh, we talked about the dog being a part of the family. Uh, sometimes it's hard for us as the family, the two-legged, I should say, family members. Uh, it's difficult for us to separate um, that the dog is a dog. It sounds silly, right? But so many of us humanize you know, our dogs um, and give them very you know, human characteristics and qualities. And sometimes we we forget about that the dogs, you know, our dogs mentally, uh, you know, they need, you know, they have different needs than we do. And so uh, a big one that, that we're really big on is crate training. Uh, the, the dog being in a crate, uh, or some people call it a kennel, um, it's a huge deal for not only travel, but overall safety uh, as far as these dogs go. So uh, when, when our dogs travel, they're always in the crate. The truth of the matter is, it is the absolute safest place for your dog to be. Um, if your dog is out loose in the vehicle, even just laying in the back seat, if you were to get in an accident, uh, your dog is likely going to be injured versus uh, in a crate. you know, We use uh, the Lucky Duck uh, brand crates, which are five-star crash test rated. They're, I mean, it's the absolute safest place for your dog to be. Um, you know, but then, when you 're also traveling to new places you know such as you know, if you 're in a wheelhouse and you 're bouncing around somewhere that might be unfamiliar to the dog, the crate adds that that familiarity that the dog can be comfortable in uh, no matter where they are and so uh, there 's a lot of uh, a lot of pieces to the crate
0: yeah, just having a place that kind of is their home their den, their lair, I think is a big thing, and I think that 's something that people need to really look into is if you 're going to take that dog up to lake of the woods in the wheelhouse if it's its first year experiencing this and i think a lot of people are going to be experiencing wheelhouse fishing for the first time this year with everything going on with coronavirus people are kind of looking to do vacations more with just their family rather than going to hawaii or going to florida or what have you um, to let that dog kind of get acclimated to the fish house and make sure that they understand like this is the new home for the weekend and um, that may be something that that you kind of experience with the hunting side of things is when guys may take their dog um, out on a trip to South Dakota or whatever, um, what are some kind of things that people can do to kind of get the dog used to living in, in that type of area rather than the home that's used used to?
1: well the first part of this Chris is obedience training and this you know starts at home uh, you can't take a dog that is that uh, is not obedient and is out of control and put that dog into new situations and, and expect that you, know, you have some kind of success I mean that really does start with the work at home so obedience training is first and foremost uh, you know then one thing that we really encourage people to do is you'll know, put yourself in the dog's shoes right so you know, you go up to Lake of the Woods, everything, you know, once you get out outside that house uh, is very unfamiliar to the dog. Uh, If the dog were to, say, be disobedient and run off, much more difficult to find its way back, right? Um, And so, as you kind of put into a, a, a human situation, you know, Chris, if I took you and dropped you off in the, you know, middle of Scotland somewhere and said, well, you know, where are you figure it out Uh, is I'm not putting you in a confident you know building situation where if I were to familiarize you with you know where kind of home base is the areas around it and kind of ease into it uh, it really does help that dog just settle in and kind of look at this as like you know kind of a mobile home base if you will Um, because ultimately safety is you know first and foremost this is also where the use of the electronic collar you know comes into play uh, because it kind of gives you that invisible leash that we would call it at a distance if your dog were to get away from you, the the collar can certainly be used in the wrong way, but in a lot of situations, uh, again, it just adds that familiarity, that consistency as far as you know, a correction uh, and a command base uh, as you 're in new situations.
0: One of the things that, that i 'd talk to you about that, that I see and it 's really unfortunate. During the winter is is people losing their dog. And you kind of talked about it a little bit there. But one of the positive aspects, it seems like a lot of people do find them. um, What are some things that people can do with their dog so that if they are to lose that dog, that uh, they're able to at least have a good opportunity to get them back?
1: Yeah, I think chipping uh, your dog is a big, uh, big piece of this. You know, so chipping is, you know, they just put that little microchip right back between the shoulder blades, and uh, when a new dog is brought into a vet, the vets are supposed to scan for that, so that uh, if the dog was a lost dog, uh, they will come up in the computer system and be able to locate uh, you know, who the, the true owner is. Um, that's a big deal. Uh, wearing a collar strap with uh, phone numbers on it is a big deal. Uh, I always recommend to our clients. Don't put the dog's name on that collar. Uh, so many people do. But what happens is, is that uh, if, if, especially if you have a really nice dog, a friendly dog, if they were to find their way into someone's, you know, home and, you know, the people take them in, you know, feed the dog, comfort the dog, and they know the dog's name, they can now interact with the dog. And when they interact with the dog, they feel more of a personal connection with the dog, which tempts people to maybe not look as hard or at all, you know, for those potential owners if they kind of fall in love with them. So we always just recommend put the phone numbers on there. Uh, Another recommendation that people have, we don't do this, but it's not a bad recommendation, which would be um, uh, put, you know, needs meds uh, on there just to kind of, you know, maybe scare somebody into just going, well, geez, I don't want, you know, I don't want a dog that's gonna cost me a fortune in medication. But, but that's a big piece of it is not putting the dog's name on there. Uh, I just, I really believe in that. I've had, uh, had too many stories of, you know, people that, that find dogs and bring dogs in and, you know, because they could communicate with them, they fall in love. And um, it's just, uh, it's not right, but, uh, but it's not to say that it, it couldn't happen. So uh, just a way to protect yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good tip. Another thing is protection from the elements. Um, a lot of guys like to go out in their wheelhouse, take the family out, do some ice fishing. But uh, you know, during the day, they'll get out and do some stuff outside of the wheelhouse to do some fishing. The dog likes to go out there as well. Uh, protection from the elements. What kind of things do you suggest there?
1: Yeah, that that one's a a little bit tougher, uh, just because uh, you know, like for our our hunting dogs, you know, so our duck dogs. Uh, we would have the dogs wear vests as, as it gets real cold and the water gets real cold. Um, yeah. But in this situation, you know, the, the dogs are oftentimes at least you're not anticipating the dogs to be out for, you know, uh, major hours or sitting out in the elements, uh, especially if you're just going outside for, you know, a little explore and then come back in, you know, but, but I, I'd say anytime you're going to be outside with your dog, it's important to get the dog out in the elements uh, so that its body naturally uh, can kind of compensate. You know, if you have, uh, we know a lot of our, uh, specifically our waterfall dogs, that uh, the owners, as it kind of gets colder outside, will maybe have an outdoor kennel that they, you know, they put the dog in there to have some extra time outside during the day, kind of be in that cooler environment before it's too cold, so that their uh, coat can kind of you know get thicker and uh, prepare them more for the hunting season, which that's not a, a bad idea. You know, think about, you know, if your dog is laying on the couch in your, you know, nice warm house all year round. And then, heaven forbid, be in a bad situation uh, in the winter up, you know, on Mille Lacs or you know, Lake the Woods or something like that, where you know that now they have to be outside for long periods of time as you you know, try to find them. That is, uh, that dog's body is likely not prepared for that. Uh, so uh, getting them outside as, as much as possible is probably a good way to uh, to help with
0: that. And bringing water and food along, I think uh, keeping all that stuff stable to what they have in the house and then probably one of the things that that we see and i'm sure you see as well you know a lot of times people will go out in the wheelhouse they'll go to malax do some ice fishing and then head into a resort for the evening for dinner and they're leaving their dog back in the wheelhouse and you had mentioned uh bringing that crate along with you but i think if you're not going to do that um that tends to be when dogs get in trouble where they get into food maybe they're not supposed to or just get into something that they're not supposed to um, keeping all that, that type of stuff up and away from them.
1: Yeah, and, and this really is where we just highly, highly recommend having that crate because it, it's just one of those those deals that at some point or another, you are going to be in a situation where you are not going to be able to supervise your dog. In a situation where they should be supervised. And so this just gives you the opportunity, you know, to you know, people think of it as as sending their kids to their room like they did something bad. And that's exactly the opposite of how we preach to do it, which is you know, we want that that crate to be a safe place, a place that they enjoy, a place they feel comfortable. And so by you putting them in there for, you know, the hour, hour and a half that you might go to dinner, uh, not only is it is it you know not a punishment but it's actually somewhere comfortable and enjoyable for the dog to be um so this is where again i would really utilize that crate you know but but anytime specifically in a fish house I mean, there's so many extra things um that you have to think about you know we uh, i unfortunately don't get to do as much ice fishing as i would like to just because uh most of the winter i'm down in arkansas uh chasing ducks yet all the way through january but uh, you know during summer fishing, you know, if we have the dogs in the boat, I mean, that's something I mean, I'm always watching for you. No hooks left on the ground whatsoever. You know, we've heard horror stories of you know hooks that you smell like you bait specifically. You know, we've had like tip ups with treble hooks and stuff like that that your dogs, you know, they smell you know what to them smells like fish, and they you know naturally just grab at it. And uh, now all of a sudden you have a treble hook in a dog's mouth. I mean, that that is not a fun situation. So um, yeah, just just being super cautious and um, just kind of looking at things from the dog's perspective, uh, I think is important here.
0: Yeah, things go wrong like that. Also uh, really good to kind of know where the lay of the land as far as vets go. How do you go about kind of researching vets from afar? If someone was thinking about heading up to Lake of the Woods, how would they go about kind of figuring out maybe where the best choice to go if something bad were to happen?
1: Yeah, no, this is a great one. So every time I travel, no matter where I go, uh, it could be a trip for a day. It could be a trip for a month. Um, I always first, I'll research the uh, the vets in the immediate area that I'm going to be hunting. Uh, Oftentimes, of course, on Google there's reviews and stuff like that. Um, But then once I've I've identified, you know, one or two or three in the area that uh, that I think I could get to quickly if need be, uh, I will one um, call them and talk to them and just let them know I'm in the area doing. uh, In case something were to happen, you know, what are your hours? What's your emergency protocol? Um, because, of course, nothing ever happens during, during work hours. It's always, you know, weekends or, or nights or something like that. And then uh, what I'll do from there is I make sure I save, uh, save those in my phone under some, uh, you know, the, the address, the, uh, the phone number, all the contact info that I need. So if something happens, I don't have to sit there and waste that time. Uh, looking all that up. I've done it already. It's in my phone. All I need to do is two clicks and I can get to where I need to and talk to the people that I need to.
0: Yeah, really good stuff, Josh. Is there anything about traveling and ice fishing with the dog that I haven't asked you about that you think is important?
1: Uh, you know, uh, the the water piece, I would like to uh, kind of expand on that. You mentioned you have food and water and water is one specifically in the winter up here, um, you know, obviously Minnesota, Wisconsin, that it, uh, it's one that is very easily overlooked. It is so easy for us to look in the summer and go, oh my gosh, my dog needs water because he's, you know, panting the tongue is out, uh, you know, naturally he's trying to cool down. But uh but we find that it's actually more difficult to read that in the winter. The winter is a very dry time of year. And uh and these dogs they can get very dehydrated. They just don't show the same symptoms that we're used to to be able to identify that the dog does need to be hydrated. So uh sometimes when your dog is on the road or traveling, um like I know I have dogs that just they simply don't like to drink water when they're traveling. Uh and so you know the kind of old saying you can lead a horse water but can't make him drink. You have know, the same thing here. So what we'll do is most of our dogs are very food-driven, so we will actually put water in with their food uh, so that when they're eating that, uh, that meal, that they are actually, of course, hydrating themselves. And it's a way that we can make sure that we're at least getting the dog you know, some kind of water to stay hydrated.
0: Excellent stuff. Josh Miller, tell us a little bit about uh, your company, Riverstone Kennels
1: yeah uh riverstone kennel so we're in uh, like you said New Richmond, wisconsin uh western wisconsin and uh we train uh, gun dogs we breed british labs uh, i spend a couple uh trips every year overseas and uh you know we train and uh, and breed you know a lot of those dogs we train dogs from all over um we have you know dogs from you know last year uh, we trained 35 dogs at a time uh, i think we had dogs at one point from like 21 different states uh british columbia Uh, Alberta. uh, It was just incredible where all these dogs come from. Um, And what's fun for me is how different all all these dogs are used. So uh, you can take a Labrador Retriever and somebody in Minnesota, Wisconsin is going to use them differently than the guy in Utah, is going to use them differently than the guy in Texas and so on. And so uh, it's really fun, you know, for me, it's really fun to make those connections, um, you know, but uh, but it's what I love to do. And it's, uh, you know, fortunate enough to make a living at it.
0: People want to find out more about your company. How do they do that?
1: Uh, so uh, you can follow us on Riverstone Kennels on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, you can also go to our website, riverstonekennels.com, see a bunch of information that we have there. And, uh, you know, there's contact points on there that you can reach out and, uh, and talk to us.
0: Awesome, Josh. Thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate your insights. I think it'll be uh, very fun for people to listen to what you had to say about keeping their dogs safe, and hopefully it'll help uh, prevent some accidents that may occur later on as the season gets going here. I know it's May, but May is just six months away from November.
1: That's right. That's right. No, thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. i will talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.